New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to to episode two of the Grow Your Perfect Business series on the SiteShed podcast. My name is Matt Jones, and if you so happen to miss the first episode, go back and check it out. There'll be a link to it in the show notes, and we were talking in that episode about planning for success. Now, the reason that I have put this series together is because I thought it'd be cool to run a create a bit of a roadmap from start to finish of things that we should consider when trying to either start or grow our business. And these are a few of the topics that I've come up with. Now, I must say and confess that this episode that we're talking about today has slightly diversed from the original plan as I knew it would in the um, initial stages. Um, It was always going to be a work in progress. And um, where I was going to be talking about profiling in general, I've actually changed this one to talk about more specifically personality profiling. And the reason I've done that is because I have seen firsthand and I've had firsthand experience of the power of understanding personality profiling. And if you can get good at it, like it did for me, it has the ability to completely and utterly change your life. Now, many of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while may be familiar with an episode that I did back in episode 54. And that episode was called Ever Wonder Why You Annoy People So Much? And that was me, again, talking about some of the principles that we're going to be talking about here in this podcast relating to different personality types and traits. However, it will also we're also going to dive a little bit deeper into how personality traits can affect business. And then we're also going to talk more a little bit deeper on some of the things that make people tick. So without any further ado, we're just going to dive right in. So there are typically four different types of personalities, and um, this dates back to a an ancient Greco-Roman uh, theory where it puts people in a category. So it's not to say that people are entirely more entirely one over another. Normally, most people are made up of a number of different types of personalities, and I'm just going to run through them with you, and then I'm going to give you a little bit about their personality traits so you have a bit of an understanding of what those people are. And you may even have a bit of an understanding of where you fit into that realm. So the choleric person, or if you're using, if you're used to the DISC profile, it's uh, considered dominant or D. That person is, a, is quite a controlling person. So they like to be in charge. They like to do things their own way. 
And to be honest, they piss people off quite a lot. And I know this firsthand because I am one. And it wasn't until it was pointed out to me that I am actually um, the, the characteristics of a choleric was pretty much me, black and white, that I realized at that point, wow, maybe this is why I really do annoy people so much, which is why I created that podcast all those months ago. However, I suppose the good thing about being a choleric is you tend to be slightly driven and when you put your mind to something, you do tend to get it done. Then there's the sanguine people or people that uh, are with a disc profile, I believe it's influence or inducement. And that person is more often than not the life of the party. So they like to have fun. They can still get stuff done, don't get me wrong, but if um if if someone's having a bit of fun in the office, they're the ones that want to be part of it. There's the phlegmatic. So phlegmatic or in the disc profile, steadiness or submission. Now, not submission in the sense they lay down. Phlegmatic people typically have amazing trait and amazing skill of keeping peace. So you'll have a lot of phlegmatic people that might be quite quietly spoken and you know they never seem to have any enemies and they always seem to you know everyone seems to like them because they're so neutral so phlegmatic people are fantastic for choleric people because choleric people piss them off and then phlegmatics get them back on side (laughs) and then there's the melancholy people or the compliance people if you're using the disc profile so That's the C in DISC. And the melancholy people are typically your analytical style of people. So if I was to put a profession off the top of my head to a melancholy person, it might be something like finance or accounting or someone that deals with a lot of numbers, a lot of figures, a lot of statistics, etc. So that gives you a bit of an idea of the different types of personalities. And most people are made up of a number of them. Um, if you're like me, I lean heavily towards one over the others. But I, again, I do have parts of all of those traits within me. And what I would encourage you guys to do is go check out for yourself what your personality comes out at. And I'm going to post a link in the show notes to where you can go and check that out. There's an online quiz you can take. It doesn't cost you anything and it's a fantastic little tool. And I actually posted to it in the last podcast that I did on uh, that related to this. And man, we got some really, really funny feedback from that. So I encourage you to go check that out. And it actually stems from a book from a lady called Florence Litow, Personality Plus. Again, there's a lot of different spins on this personality trait, personality profile structure, but it does date back, as I said before, to you know the ancient Greco-Roman times. And then since then, people have had their own spins put on it. So You may hear a few different versions of it, but the principles typically stay the same. So go and do your own um, research and go and take that test and see what you come out at. And hopefully by taking that test, it will have a similar result uh, for you that it did for me. Because once I took that test, I realized that, you know, there were certain things that I would do which upset people. And I did not understand why it upset people. And that made me angry at them. And then that made the whole situation worse. And then being a controlling person, it's basically like pouring petrol on the fire. So understanding where your strengths and your weaknesses are is really paramount in ascertaining how you can not only act in front of certain people, but communicate with people, which is what we're getting to in a little bit. So when we're talking about understanding your own profile and we touch on you know, knowing what your strengths are and we touch on knowing what your weaknesses are, the reason we talk about that is because you need to be conscious of where you apply your own time. 
you know, what is it that you should really be focusing on? Because if we're honest with ourselves, it's probably not going to be everything that we're currently doing. Understanding where your weaknesses lie is a very powerful tool. And so I would encourage you to think about things in your life or perhaps in your business currently that are maybe maybe you're in control of, but are maybe not running as well as they could be. It could be management and organization. It could be finance. It could be leadership. It could be communication or I mean, sales support. It could be HR. Maybe it's, you know, marketing or, you know, it could even be being on the tools. You know, what is, what's costing you money at the moment? And then once you have a firm understanding of what those weaknesses are or what those bottlenecks are, it puts you in a position then where you can find people that can do that job better than you. And that might mean employing people. It might mean outsourcing. It might mean contracting or whatever it is. But if you, if you get a good firm understanding of what your strengths are, that will then lead you down the path of where you need to apply your time the most and then what you need to continue to focus on, which gives you the option there of outsourcing or finding people that can do those other things that you really shouldn't be doing. So now we're going to move on to understanding your customer's profile. And It's equally as important to understand your customer's profile as it is to understand your own. However, in order to understand your customer's profile, you're going to have to go through and do that quiz and figure out for yourself what some of those common traits are. And I would encourage you to go a step further and go read the book Personality Plus because the book dives quite deeply into traits, characteristics, and things like that, whereas the test will just come back and tell you what you are. If you can understand your customer's personality profile, it means that you now have a way of communicating with those people on their level. And that is really, really important. And I'll give you a prime example of where communication sometimes gets lost with different types of personalities. And I see it day to day, obviously, with um, with a web design, web development company and a lot of analytical people, when they create content, they get very technical the way in the way they speak and they put it on their website and they think that other people are going to appreciate that technical talk on their website. But it's far from the truth because if somebody who's you know a sanguine person, they come along and they're there to have fun, that they're not there to read technical specifications on certain things. They just want to get the message and maybe have a bit of a laugh along the way. They want to enjoy themselves. You know, It's not so much about getting the data straight up. So you really need to be good at customizing the way you communicate across the board. And the same goes with the way you talk to people. And very often you can instantly tell from meeting somebody what type of personality they are. And if you have a if you're conscious of the way that you communicate with those people based off the personality type they have, you're probably going to find you'll get a lot better engagement from that person on whatever it is you're trying to discuss. So be proactive in figuring that out because it will serve you very well, I promise. So obviously, I am not the psychology expert here, and I'm not the personality profile guru. However, what I have done is I've actually asked a colleague and friend of mine, Peter, from Leadership Dynamics to answer a few questions that I've had in the space of, I suppose, personality profiling in corporations and in business. Now, Peter's run a global business now for 
you know, 30 odd years across multiple, multiple countries. It's a huge, huge business. And he now coaches some of the elite sports teams in Sydney, as well as many corporate customers, huge corporate customers. And he's also coached, you know, humble plumbers. (laughs) He's certainly got a vast array. And you may have heard him back in a series of podcasts that we did earlier last year when we were talking about leadership. And that was episode 36 right through to 39. But regardless, make sure you head across to leadershipdynamics.com.au and check out his site. It's really cool. And it's got some great information and some great lead magnets on there. So anyway, let's dive in and have a quick listen to what Peter said about these questions when I asked him. Peter, thank you for joining us back on the show. I just had a couple of quick questions I wanted to ask you in relation to personality profiling. Um, I know that you have a huge emphasis in your programs on profiling. I've, I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced, experienced it firsthand. And you're actually the one that introduced me into personality uh, profiling many years ago. So thanks for joining us back on the show. And I just wanted to say to start off, how does understanding personalities affect company morale and culture? Uh, thanks, Matt. Firstly, uh, one of the things that uh, I teach all my clients is that the product is not the product, the product is people. And the better you get with people, the more effective uh, your culture is going to be and the more aligned and more unity and harmony you're going to have within your organization, which is going to help you achieve the results you want to achieve. Yeah. In relation to the positive impact on culture, There's four different types of personalities and it's being aware of which personality types connect better with which other type of personality type. And there's four and there's normally two personalities that work better together in teams than the other two personalities. And most people, when you profile them, have two predominant personality traits. Yeah. And with with the profiling that I use, we call that choleric, sanguine, melancholy, and phlegmatic, and that's taken from the Litau Profiling Test Personality Plus. Yeah, beautiful. I've actually, um, for the listeners, I've posted a link to that online test where they can go and check that out for themselves. So I'm glad you uh, recapped that and uh, backed me up on that one because that's exactly what I've got as well. The next question I had was, when it comes to personality profiling, what's, what's the largest problem that you see with companies internally? Uh you're, you're asking a question of someone that's done, I'd say, over 10,000 personality profiles. I've actually done four today with a client <laughs> of mine, four area managers. Yeah. So, I mean, people are my life. And when you profile people, you profile them on their personality strengths mm-hmm. and personality weaknesses. And with the profiling test that I use, there's 20 strengths and 20 weaknesses. Yeah. For example... Um, with the client that I was with today, we've identified the fact that there are a couple of people that have the wrong personality traits for the actual roles they're in 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 relation to growing the business and they'd be more suited being in another area of the business. Gotcha. And that's a major problem that I come across. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So with that in mind, and I've sort of covered off on this a little bit within this episode, but I'm guessing what you're saying is that if you put people with the wrong personality in the wrong place within an organization, it can potentially lead to conflict. It will lead to conflict. It will lead to uh, uh, lack of growth in the organization. Um, as John Maxwell calls it, it's called the law of the lid. There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a lid 
on the performance of people being led by people with the wrong personality traits in that role. Pete, tell me, what are the top, say, three or four outcomes for an organisation that understands and executes personality profiling well or correctly? All my clients use the profiling test for recruitment. Okay. As a result of that, they, they use, they develop a job description and then what they do is they think about what would be the right personality profile for the role that I need to build in my organisation. And one of the major benefits is recruitment of right people for the right roles. Another benefit is increased unity and harmony in the organisation. Another benefit is increased retention. When you start putting the right personalities with the right strengths in the right roles, you have a, a happier work environment, which leads to higher retention. Gotcha. So finally, I, I just wanted to ask you, maybe from a personal experience, can you give us an example of how understanding to communicate with different personalities has opened up an otherwise closed door for you in the past? Yes, uh, I have what's called a very strong choleric personality, as you know, Matt. <laughs> choleric, powerful, extroverted people like Coxie is. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there's many examples of cholerics in this world uh, that are, are strong leaders, but also an unchanged choleric causes conflict mm. because they don't know yeah. about their personality strengths and their personality weaknesses. And there's a lot that goes into bringing about a change in people when you profile them. There's no right or wrong personality. Right. You don't box people. We are born with certain personality strengths and weaknesses. And if we focus on growing our strengths, which is what I coach all my clients on, to grow your personality strength, which is what I focus on in my life in the last uh, you know, 29 years, 30 years of business, and I've identified three weaknesses that I'm going to continue to work on. The other 17, I can't change, but I'm going to work on those three key ones. And as a result of me understanding my strong choleric personality, when I deal with what we call melancholy phlegmatic clients, I tone my personality down, mm. which has opened up opportunities for me. And once I win trust with those clients, with my leadership dynamic process that are very comfortable me bringing in my strong choleric leadership style into their organization beautiful so it's really a, but that's a good example yeah that's awesome that's perfect all right look peter thank you very much for your time um we'll no doubt be collaborating again shortly um and i'll post some links on how people can get hold of you in the show notes okay i hope uh, your listeners get uh, something out of this discussion thanks beautiful. a lot thanks pete well, there you have it, folks. That was um, Peter Cox from Leadership Dynamics, um, one of the country's, if not the world's, leading leadership consultant. And I've seen Peter work in some unbelievably crazy scenarios, audiences of thousands, tens of thousands in different countries all around the world. Um, you know, he's got a business in 29 countries, so he certainly knows his stuff. And when it was really significant to me to hear that Today, even when Peter is profiling and working with organizations, he puts such a huge emphasis, huge emphasis on personality profiling because at the end of the day, putting people in the right position, as he said, is paramount 
to the success of an organization and to the success of team culture. So moving along now, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, what makes people tick. And I won't spend too much time on this, but there is a fantastic book by a gentleman called Gary Chapman, which talks about the five different languages that people respond to when in a situation of, well, how they feel appreciated, basically. So the book is called The Five Love Languages, and I'm going to post some links to it in the, in, the, um, in the show notes as well, so you can go and check it out for yourself. And there is also there a test, once again, where you can figure out what your love language is or what your appreciation language is. And I'm going to give you a bit of, a bit of example here as to you know, the different types of languages and then the different ways which we as people constantly make mistakes in trying to communicate and engage people based off what we want, not necessarily based off what they want. Now, this is one of the two books that certainly changed my life, the other being Personality Plus, which we've spoken about already. However, what this book does is teaches you about these five categories. So, Typically, when people want to feel appreciated, they fall into one of or a combination of the following. Gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, and quality time. So to give you an example of what they all might be, a gift might be, so let's say you came home one afternoon from work and you bought your wife a lovely bunch of roses. And she got these roses and she looked at them and said, oh, thanks, honey. That's lovely. Anyway, so can we go on and do the blah, 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 blah? And she basically just brushed it off. And you're sitting there thinking, what the hell is going on here? I've just gone out of my way to get my wife these beautiful roses and she does not give a toss. So what may have happened in that scenario is if you're the type of person that loves receiving gifts, you instinctively think that by giving somebody a gift, that they're going to have the same response that you did. And that's not always the case because very often people have different appreciations. So instead of receiving a gift, your wife might have preferred something that said along the lines of, geez, honey, you look beautiful today. Have you done your hair or whatever it is? Words of affirmation. Or perhaps she would prefer you to come home, give her a cuddle, sit on the couch and just maybe hang out, hold hands or something like that, physical touch. Or maybe it's acts of service. Instead of giving you know, her roses or instead of telling her she looks beautiful or instead of you know, giving her a cuddle or holding her hand, maybe she would more appreciate you to go and wash her car for her or mow the lawn. Or maybe instead of that, she just wants to hang out and she wants quality time. So there's different love languages that different people respond to. And you've got to be careful and especially in business. And you might be thinking, okay, great. You're talking about my wife. What has this got to do with business? Well, it's got everything to do with business because you've got to think about the way that sometimes you may treat your customers or potential customers and how it relates to this principle. So if a new customer comes on board and you give them a welcome pack and they're not a gift-oriented person, they probably don't care. But if they're more if their appreciation is more towards words of affirmation, then you know you talking to them about you know the successes that their businesses have their business has had in the past, or talking about some of their achievements may be more powerful to them. Or you know maybe instead of doing that, they might prefer an act of service. Like maybe they would prefer you to do something for them in excess of what the, your 
in, in excess of what your proposal or something out of scope. Or maybe they just want more time. Maybe they want to sit down with you and spend one-on-one time you know, learning more about what your offering is and how you can help them and how they can work with you on this project. So you've got to be responsive to the different people and what makes them tick. So head across and check out that quiz because that will give you a good indication of what you are. And I'll just give you a quick, I did that test actually last night, knowing that I was going to be recording this today. And I thought I'd just run through with you what mine came back at. So it's a score that's rated numerically. And I had coming in first place, eight points was words of affirmation. And then just behind that number with seven points was quality time. And then equal third behind that was acts of service and physical touch. And then a distant fourth or last was gifts, receiving gifts. So that gives you an idea. A lot of people, a lot of you guys would be sitting here thinking, wow, I would much rather somebody give me a a present than, you know, tell me something wonderful about myself. (laughs) But it's not always the case. So you've got to be good at um, figuring out what it is that firstly makes you tick and then understanding what it is that might make other people tick and then customizing your message, your tone, your delivery according to that person. So anyway, that more or less sums up what I wanted to talk about in personality profiling. Please head across to the show notes. There's going to be links to both these quizzes in there. There's going to be links to some of the resources that I've spoken about in previous episodes, etc. There'll be links to Peter's website, so you can go and check that out. And there will also be an opportunity there for you guys to leave us some comments in the show notes. And please do that. We want to strike a bit of a conversation with you guys and send me the results for your quizzes. I'd be I'd love to see what they are. Or better still, if you want to post them in the Facebook group, you can go ahead and do that as well. But that would be a great little benefit, I think, for the whole group and the and the and everyone to see you know what your score is. I know when I posted mine or last year when I recorded that last podcast, it certainly drew a lot of attention and a lot of people went out and did it as a result. So I thoroughly encourage you to do that. Anyway, that's all for me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, please head across to the show notes and leave us a, ah, sorry, head across to iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave us a review. It helps our rankings like you would not believe. And otherwise, that's all from me. So I'll speak to you in following podcasts. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our toolbox talks uh, you'll get sent a weekly notification which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades if you're enjoying the show you can head across to itunes stitcher or soundcloud where you can leave us a review Uh, that would be fantastic and all the reviews get read out in the show Uh, likewise if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the the episodes that we create then please go ahead and share it with them Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.